0: Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips, and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Jason Rogers, and today I'll be giving you 7 tips to make the most of your flow cytometry training. So, you've got your flow cytometry training booked, and you're one step closer to that precious data. In our experience, the students who hit the ground running with their flow cytometry experiments are those who fully engage with the training program. Those who don't, well, let's just say their first few flow attempts aren't much fun. Typically, flow cytometry training will consist of some theory plus a practical session to learn cytometer operation and data acquisition. At our facility, the format is as follows Intro to Flow, online course plus some cytometer operation videos. Training session 1, or How Not to Break the Cytometer. This is run in groups using beads provided by the facility and covers basic steps such as cytometer startup, changing sheath and waste, priming, Setting up an experiment in the software, instrument settings, voltages and gains, compensation, and simple hierarchical gating. Training Session 2. Users bring their samples and set up their specific experiment applying knowledge and skills from Session 1. And finally, follow-up support as requested until a user feels confident. Here's our advice on how to get the most from your flow cytometry training. Number 1. Know why you want to use flow cytometry. Don't rock up to training without an idea of what flow cytometry is or how you want to use it in your own research. You'd be surprised how many students turn up because their supervisor told them to but have no idea what experiments they'll perform. You'll have better questions and facility staff will be better able to target the session towards your needs. Think about the following. The sample type. Will you work with whole blood PBMCs, digested tissue or cultured cells? Your facility will be able to advise you on sample prep and provide tips for sample-specific instrument setup. The type of experiment you will perform. Will it be immunophenotyping or a functional assay such as cell cycle or transfection? Will you perform a multicolor experiment? Or do you have a simple panel, like a combination of antigens, fluorophores, or other at fluorescent dyes? This may influence the type of cytometer you undertake training on and it will help the facility staff identify what other concepts you need to learn, for example compensation. Will you be building on a protocol already developed in your lab or do you need to start from scratch? Be aware that designing a new flow cytometry experiment from the start can take six months or more. Number two, trust the process and do the pre-work. If your facility asks you to do some prep work in advance of your training, do it. They've designed it that way based on years of experience. The intended learning outcomes of the practical session will build on the pre-work. You don't want to get caught out. In training session 1, we ask users to demonstrate cytometer operation, such as changing the sheath and priming. Activities build on concepts from intro to flow, for example gating on single cells. If there's no pre-work required, do your homework. We recommend that you familiarize yourself with the following concepts: hydrodynamic focusing, forward and side scatter (FSC and SSC), and interpretation of FSC versus SSC plots. How to interpret excitation and emission spectra. How lasers are used to excite fluorophores and filters used to collect emitted fluorescence. Pulse processing and how to use area (A), height (H), and width (W) to gate out duplets. Spectral overlap and a basic understanding of compensation. And finally, hierarchical gating for data analysis. Number three, be prepared and be on time. Core facilities are busy places and the facility staff have tight schedules. If you're late, you'll miss important information or you won't have time to complete your experiment setup. Make sure you know where to find the facility and if you must prepare samples, allow plenty of time. It always takes longer than you think. Even better, stain them the night before and fix them. Find out if your flow cytometry training will use beads provided by the facility or if you're expected to provide samples. We split our training into two sessions. The first is a group session using beads and the second is bespoke with user samples. This enables the learner to apply their skills from session 1 to set up their actual experiment. If you're asked to prepare samples, make sure you know the following. A cell staining protocol. Ask your facility if nobody in your lab has performed this. What buffer to bring your cells in? This is usually PBS or FACS buffer. PBS plus FBS and EDTA. What tubes to bring your cells in? Example, FACS tubes, 5mm round bottom tubes, Eppendorfs, etc. Which controls are necessary to analyse your data? For example, compensation, single colour controls. Fluorescence minus one, FMO, controls for gating unsustained control, and positive-negative experimental controls. You should also be aware of biosafety procedures, such as do your samples require fixation, how will you transport them safely, and what if there's a spillage, will you clear it up? One or two samples plus controls is ideal for training, something representative of your real experiment that can be considered a practice. Don't turn up with 50 tubes or those precious clinical samples. Goal of training is not the experiment itself, but to get you confident with setting up the cytometer to acquire high-quality data. Don't forget to bring any handouts given by the facility or a notebook or laptop for taking notes. Number four, go with the flow. Get stuck in and engage with the activities. For our practical flow cytometry training sessions and workshops, we design an activity to deliver each learning outcome. These require student participation with content and peers. Experimental learning, or learning by doing, leads to a deep understanding in a technical setting. For example, we give users a list of fluorophores that will be used in the training experiment and ask them to select the correct laser and filter. This enables us to assess their understanding of this concept and for you to identify any gaps in your knowledge. It's not a test, we just want to target further instruction where required. Ask questions. Facility staff love talking about flow cytometry, so ask them. They'll also be asking you questions to check that learning is taking place. Questioning, discussion and explaining facilitate learning. Remember that there are no stupid questions. Flow facility staff were in the same position as you at one point. In fact, it's often a two-way process. Students often have a perspective that we've never considered before and it helps us learn too. Number five. Embrace collaborative learning. Social constructivism is the theory that knowledge is acquired when learners interact to construct understanding. Figuring out solutions to tasks with others in your training group will result in a deeper understanding than if the instructor simply demonstrates or gives you all the answers. Something you might have missed, your peer might remember, and vice versa. Help your co learners out if they are struggling. Explaining concepts in your own words helps you consolidate your learning. On the other hand, don't be afraid to ask others if you're not sure. After we've introduced a few features in the acquisition software, we give less detailed instructions. For example, display the data in P1 and visualise the whole negative population. And then we take a step back. The students help each other remember how to change the displayed data and set a bi-exponential axis, an axis with negative decades, i.e. below zero. We also find that students perform better in their second training session if they work with a partner. So buddy up if you're working on a similar project as another new user. The key word here is collaboration. It's not a competition and you should never compare yourself to others. Everyone's from different backgrounds and with different levels of experience and different skill sets. Sharing skills makes us all perform better. Number six, be timely. Don't book your flow cytometry session if you won't touch a flow cytometer again for another 6 months. You won't remember anything. Try to organise training within a couple of weeks of your first experiment so that your knowledge is nice and fresh. We expect that the first and second training sessions will occur within a couple of weeks and experiments should begin within the same month. Of course, plans change. So if you aren't ready to begin experiments, or it's been some time since the last time you touched a flow cytometer. Ask your facility if you can have a refresher. At the very least, read through your notes, refresh yourself with the theory, and bring a practice sample to get reacquainted. You don't want to launch straight into an important experiment and come away with unusable data. And don't forget, the facility staff are there to help you. Ask if you can have an assisted session. Be sure to do this in advance. Not five minutes before your booking. At that point, they're likely to be unavailable. Number seven, reflect on what you've learned. Reflect on what you've learned and how it applies to your own experiment. The cliche goes, you don't know what you don't know. Here are some key elements that you should consider. What fluorescent dyes will you use? And are they compatible with the cytometers available? Will you need to change any filters? What will your gating strategy be? And how will you use the combination of antigens to identify your population of interest? Are you performing any applications such as cell cycle or calcium flux that may require a specific instrument setup? And what controls will you need to analyze your data? Any multicolor experiment will require single color and FMO controls as a minimum, but there may be controls specific to your experimental setup. Data acquisition is only one step of a flow cytometry experiment. Are you going to need training and support in other elements such as sample prep and staining? The adage in flow cytometry is garbage in, garbage out. You need a good sample prep to get good data. Panel design, this means pairing the antigens with fluorophores to achieve the best resolution between populations. Data analysis, with software such as FlowJo or FCS Express. High parameter data analysis, creating pipelines with dimensionality reduction and clustering algorithms. Data fitting models, such as cell cycle or cell proliferation. Compensation, identifying and preventing compensation errors. Make sure you're on the facility distribution list, so you're in the loop of any workshops. Sign up for mailing lists, such as the Purdue Cytometry list, and join societies such as the Royal Microscopy Society. It's for flow cytometry too, as well as your regional club. So that's it for how to make the most of your flow cytometry training. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bench site. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than listen in. The podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format with webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With ListenIn, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.